Today on the Goof Duck Podcast Remy and Joey are going to do the birthday game, then they are going to take you to get a great education in beer school. Then they are going to take you on a journey with food on National Food Day and finally going to give you some knowledge on some Disney history. Then Remy and Joey are bringing onto the program a singer that Remy looked up to during his childhood. This guest was the lead singer for Remy's favorite band Tower of Power Mr. Tom Bose. So stay tuned sit back and relax because you are listening to the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. Welcome to the Goof Duck Podcast, this podcast is for everybody who would like to know what is going on with the theme parks in the Central Florida area. This podcast covers, current events, theme park news, theme park history and for a bonus we do some theme park trivia. We bring on guests who used to work for the theme parks and other guests outside of the theme park industry such as, local comedians, and musicians. We are Goof Duck, it is what it is. Goof Duck is sponsored by, The Crooked Can Brewing Company in Winter Garden, Florida where they make local craft beers every single month. And now ladies and gentlemen make sure we all have a drink in our hands because you are now listening to the Goof Duck Podcast with your hosts, Remy, Joey, and JD. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. It's the start of the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. This one is for a Thursday, Thursday, April 16th in the year 2020. Good morning, everybody. My name is Remy. I'm the host of the Goof Duck Podcast, and always with me is the Joy Mazant. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Happy to see everyone. So, guys, we are... This is for a Thursday, and uh, so today we're going to play your, your favorite... Uh, birthday game. We're also gonna do. Uh, we're gonna take you to school, but not just any school. We're gonna take you to beer school. That is where I uh, pull up a uh, a type of brand of beer, and we'll give you a little history about it. And then we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk to. Uh, we're gonna do our National Food Day, uh, which is the day okay. where it's the day where I uh, decide. Hey, uh, this is what you can have on this day, and we we are going to do some Disney history. So, Joey, if you're ready, man, I'm ready to go. Are you ready? Let's party, bro. All right, let's do it. So, here we go in three, two. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to Chance the Rapper. How old is Chance the Rapper? I'm thinking he's young. I'm going to say, um, let's go 28. Oh, you are two years off. He is 26 years old today. He's 20, a baby. 26. Yeah, he is a baby, man. He is. Uh, but... Happy happy birthday to happy happy birthday to Martin Lawrence. Now remember, my uncle used to work with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith on Bad Boys. So how old is Martin Lawrence? Yes, which I do. Um, I'm gonna say Martin Lawrence because I was a kid watching him in the in the nineties. Yeah. Um, how much older than me can he really be? Is is he 50? He is 54 years old today. Good for him. He looks, he looks amazing. Okay, how about this one? Happy happy birthday! Happy happy birthday to Akon and Young Jeezy. Akon, how old is Akon? Akon's been around just long enough that I'm gonna. I wanna say he's older than me. Maybe? Is he 40? He's 46. 
40, okay, okay. 46, right. 46 years old. And... Happy, happy birthday to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. How old is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Oh, oh my gosh. The legendary, the legendary... Yeah, he's gotta be... Uh, I'm gonna say 62. 72 years old. 72? 72! Oh 72, 72 years old. 72 years old. And finally, your last celebrity is... Happy, happy birthday to John Cryer from uh, 16 Candles. Oh, dude. And two and, um, and two and a half men. 54. You got on the money. 54 is Boy, absolutely correct. Yes. 54 is absolutely dude. correct, man. Yep, you got it. John Cryer is. All right, guys, it's time for... That's right, guys. It's time for beer school. We're gonna, Joey and I are gonna take you to beer school. Of course, uh, this podcast is uh, we, we love the people over at the Crooked Cam Brewing Company, home sweet home to the Goof Duck Podcast. Uh, say hi to Carl and the crew over in the Winter Garden District. Uh, but Good dude, but dude, Good it's t- but dude, it's time for some beer school. You ready? You ready to go to school? I'm ready, bro. All right, so dude, I picked out. Uh, I want to learn some more history about it, but how about some American American Pale Ale? American Pale Ale. What brand? What are we drinking? Sierra Nevada. Oh, I like that. They I get that at uh, Disney. One of the bars at Disney has that. Yeah. So uh, this was so it's from the United States, and uh, do you want to take a guess when it was produced? It's been around a minute. I'm. I'm gonna say uh, early 80s. Early 80s is absolutely correct. 1980s. That's when they first pr- uh, produced this beer. Uh, nice. it's, so it says here that uh, it has a gold, gold, and medium ember color. So when you're looking at that bottle of the Sierra Nevada, if you pour it into a uh, uh, in a wine glass, this is the best I can describe it. If you pour it just right, you'll start getting that gold, that gold color, and then all of a sudden. That gold color turns directly right into a medium amber reddish color, just like that, right, right on the spot. Nice. So it's a great taste. I love Sierra Nevada, and the alcohol proof is between four to six percent of alcohol proof. That is the beer. All right, that's a crunchy beer. Yeah, like so it's it. a good beer. All right, guys. So today is your today's April sixteenth, and it's time for. You got that yummy, 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 yummy. That's right, guys. It's your National Food Day, and on this day, on April 16th, it's the Day of the Mushrooms. Okay. So I like, so I like, uh, you know, I like uh, mushrooms and onions on my pizza, which is good. Uh, And also, today is Eggs Benedict Day. I mean, I'm down. I actually like Eggs Benedict. That's the one with the um. The holiday sauce. The ho- holiday the, holiday uh, sauce with the uh, runny, with the uh, with the uh, some maybe some bacon on the side, you know. But that's why that's why I like it. And I can tell you, um, I actually been to this. I went to this restaurant uh, with my family, and uh, we went to uh, Dove's Dread. Uh, Dove's Dove's oh, Dread. Yeah, not the golf course, but their tap, but their uh, tap room. Uh, oh. So I went to the tap room, and my wife and I we were cel- we were celebrating her birthday. Over there, cause her birthday's uh, two days. Is it two days? It's three days, three days before Christmas. So we went there, and uh, I saw an eggs Benedict, and I'm like, oh, it had 
I had eggs Benedict with an English muffin, some bacon, and some um. Oh yeah, and some steak. A good so long, a good so long steak, about eight ounces, right next to it, man. It was delicious. But that is your that is your national food of the day. Enjoy, man. I'm ready for this. This is this is huge, man. We got a uh, we have 305 members on our Goof Dug Adventures page right now. Yeah, that's wonderful, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Awesome. I am so happy the way how we are doing this. Uh. So it is time for your Disney history. Are you ready, sir? Bet your ass on that. Let's so, do it. All right. So on, on April sixteenth in the year nine on uh, on April sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, so I'm gonna give you a little hint, man. Now you're now you're a huge fan of James Woods, correct? Of course, he's my favorite. Okay, so James Woods plays Hades, right? He's my favorite Disney villain of all time. Same here, man. Same here. So what movie came out in nineteen ninety seven on April sixteenth? Hercules is absolutely correct. Hercules All came right. Hercules came out in nineteen on nine, April sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, amazing. So amazing the thought that that movie is twenty. My gosh, twenty three years old. What year? What year did Animal Animal Kingdom open? Do you remember? Same year, ninety seven, right? I think it's not. Yeah, I mean, we can do more. I can do more research on it, but uh, so if Animal Kingdom. Okay. Hang on one sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So, good. so I, I'm trying to think. Uh, is it 97, uh, 2000? I, I don't recall. But, uh, wait, wait. April 22nd of 1998. 1998. Okay. So, if Animal Kingdom opened in 1998, this certain place is right next door to Animal Kingdom, and it was open two years, two years after. Yeah, hold on. 98. Three years after uh, Animal Kingdom opening, uh, this resort is right next door to Animal Kingdom, and is and it was open in 2001. What resort am I talking about? The Lodge. Animal Kingdom Lodge opened up okay. in two on two in 2001. And finally, and finally, guys, your uh, your last Disney history. And on April 16th, 2004, Joey, do you know who Christy Carlson Romano is? Christine Carlson. No, bro. Why, why, why would I know that name? That, I she, mean, it's, it, it's fancy enough. It's got to have some uh, some premise. What is it? She's a voice of Kim Possible. Oh, cool. So, check this out. So, during that time when it, while the show was on, on the air and stuff, uh, Chrissy Carlson Romano, in 2004, she starred on Broadway as Belle for Beauty, for Beauty and the Beast. Interesting. Yeah. So guys, that is your guys, that is your uh, Disney history. But guys, please stick around. Uh, you are listening to the Goof Duck podcast. Uh, we're gonna, gonna bring on my childhood. He's a great singer. Uh, he was a former singer for one of my favorite funk groups, soul groups, as I should say, uh, Tower of Power. Guys, we're gonna bring on the former lead singer, Mr. Tom Bowes. So guys, you are listening to the Goof Duck podcast right here on Spotify. Stick around.
Welcome back, guys, to the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. Guys, you are in for a real freaking treat right now. I mean, this has been... This is my childhood. I have grew up listening to this music, and uh, I, I've been listening to this when I was five years old. So I've been listening to t- uh, Tower of Power uh, since five years old, man. So let's see, that's... Uh, 20, 26 years I've been listening to Tower of Power. Uh, it's fun to see you geek out. It's very fun to see you geek out because I know that you wrote the script for this out so that uh-huh. you didn't screw up. Yep. And you're screwing up, but I still love you. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying not to screw up, but guys, uh, you, you guys can hear this guest. Uh, he has been on Monster on a Leash album. He has been on the T. OP 93 album. Uh, he has played with members from the group such as Francis Rocco Prestia, who's on bass, Russ McKinnon on drums, Emilio Costello on sax, and you got the one and only Doc, Stephen Doc Kupka on Barry Sax. So guys, please welcome our guest, Mr. Tom Bose. And before we enter, and before he comes on, I want to play one little clip that I love. Uh, it's a little, it's a song that I really enjoy. So guys, take a listen. So guys, please welcome Mr. Tom Bose. Tom, how you doing, man? Hey, Remy. Hi, Joey. How you guys doing? Great, sir. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Oh, oh no problem. No problem. I, I, you know, I, I, what else am I doing? Because I'm here in my house <laughs> like you guys are. Otherwise, why would you be creating this podcast? <laughs> exactly, man. So, got to have something to do during quarantine. That's right, man. And we're trying, you know, we're trying to pump up our guests, you know, keep them in a good, positive mind, and don't even think about this damn virus, you know. I mean. No, we're you know we're we're uh, we're we're actually okay here. I'm 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 uh, I'm used to uh, I'm 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 used to being at home. Uh, you know, I'm, these days, especially I don't tour so much anymore. So I'm I'm home a lot. So I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty cool. And I grew up in the country, so I'm used to you know not having a lot to do and not have you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here we go. Small town. Say it again. Are you from a small town? I am from a very small town. Yes. Where at? Uh, I grew up in Massachusetts in a little town called Plimpton. The population was 500. Oh wow! <laughs> how far? Uh, wow. How far is that? How far is that from uh, Dorchester? Uh, we're about an hour. We're about an hour out of Boston. Okay. Uh, it's a, I, I, I grew up on a farm. We raised uh, we raised beef and chickens. So uh, nice. you know. Oh wow! My, my my nearest next door neighbor was about a about a half quarter miles or a half mile away from me on either side so that's holy crap yeah i grew up in the, grew up in the country so nice. so let's talk about that song i mean that's from the monsters on a leash album how could this happen yes. i mean they I and mean, these are songs that you want to get funky and you want to uh 
have a good groove. You know, either if you're drinking a beer, you want to listen, put some tunes on, put a mix on Tower of Power, and you're good to go, man. Uh, so here's what I'm gonna ask you: How did you become the lead the lead singer for T.O.P.? How did it all first got started? Well, that is actually a long and convoluted story. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So, so I uh, I moved down uh, I moved down to New York from from Massachusetts in about 1982, and I've been I've been there for a few years, and and in, in 1980, oh gosh, I want to say 80. 86, I think maybe 86, 87. Uh, I I I'd been in Boston for a few years, and I hooked up with a bunch of guys who had a band called Funk Philharmonic, and and they did a lot of Tower of Power. They were basically a, a Tower of Power tribute band before tribute bands were big. And um, so we did this gig at a, a club in Long Island. And I'm gonna forget the name of it. Uh, it might have been a place called Stephen Stephen Talkhouse. Hmm. And so uh, I hadn't been with them for very long. And there was a, a, a guy in the audience uh, who wound up. He's a great guitar player. His name is Teddy Kumpel. And so Teddy, I came to this gig, and he was friends with everybody else in the band, but I was the new guy. So I met him for the first time. So. Uh, and we chat. So now, roll around to like a, a year or so later, about 1988, I get a, a phone call from this woman who, uh, her name was, was Michelle Zarin, and she was, she said that she was the manager of Tower of Power. Now I have to preface this by saying I was not a Tower of Power fan, and I knew very little about the band before I got into the band. My my introduction to the band was the songs that we did in Funk Philharmonic. I, uh, the only song that I knew growing up really was uh, "So Very Hard to Go," and I was never uh, one to, unlike most musicians, I never paid attention to, <clears throat> excuse me, who who did this, who, who performed the song, who played what on the song. So I didn't know. I just it was a great song, and if, but if you'd asked me at the time when I was a kid, oh, who's, who does that song? I I, I don't know the band. So I was very dumb. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, so I get a call from Michelle Zarin, and and uh, and they and she said, uh, "Yeah, hi, I manage this band called Tower of Power, and uh, we're looking for a lead singer." Now, what I didn't know prior to this was Teddy Kumpel, the guy that I met one time, mm -hmm. had gone out to Los Angeles to audition as a guitar player for Tower. And while he was auditioning uh, for the guitar chair, they said to him, by the way, we're looking for a singer. Do you know anybody? And he really barely knew my name at that point. He said, well, I know this guy in Long Island who sings Tower of Power stuff. And uh, he said, old, give, can you give us his numbers? Well, I don't, I don't have his number, but I'll call one of the guys in the band and get his number. So fast forward, I get the call from Michelle Zarin. And I, then they said, we're looking for a lead singer, and you were recommended by Teddy Kumpel. And then I'm thinking, Teddy Kumpel, where do I know that name from? That is Teddy Kumpel. And, and I said, well, yeah. So, so uh, I hung up the phone, and I called uh, the drummer, who was the, the, one of the founders of, of Funk Philharmonic, Lee Finkelstein, who 
is now he's with he's been with the Blues Brothers for years. Um, and I called him up and I said, "Dude, I just got this call from this woman Michelle Zarin, and she manages a band called Tower of Power. And don't we do a couple of their tunes?" And he starts freaking out because the rest <laughs> of the guys in Funk Philharmonic are all Tower of Power fans, so they're freaking. What? Do you, what they got Michelle Zarin called Tower of Power? That's yeah, that's the songs that we do. I, said, oh, I thought I'd be familiar. I thought it sounded. I thought the band sounded familiar. So uh, they flew me out to Los Angeles, and I flew out. I think I, I, I want to say it was a Tuesday, and they said, "So we'll fly you out on Tuesday. We'll give you the day off to relax, and we'll get you in quick for a quick audition on Wednesday." Is that cool? I said, "Yeah, that's fine." So actually, it was a Monday. I'm sorry, it was Monday. We'll audition you on Tuesday. So Monday, I fly out to Los Angeles, and I get to the airport. And the manager Michelle picks me up, and she says, "I'm so sorry." She says, "We we we we're kind of on a time crunch. I hate to do this to you, but would you be able to go to the studio now and audition?" And I said, "Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all right." So I flew direct. I, I flew and landed in LAX, and I went right from LAX to, to my audition. And they said we have two other guys afterwards that are going to audition. So I went in and I did my thing, and I went back. Hotel and everything. Hotel. And、uh, so the next day, Tuesday came around, and they called me up and they said,、uh, "We canceled the other two guys.、Uh, do, you, do you want the gig?"、Um, I said, "Yeah, sure." You know, <laughs> sure. Wow. <laughs> so, my, my, so my my first, I had, I think I had one rehearsal. My first gig with them was that Friday. So by the end of the week, I got the gig at the beginning of the week. By the end of the week, I was, I had my first. Gig started. We played. I think the first gig I did with them was in Las Vegas, if I remember correctly. And、uh, and all because of this guy Teddy Kumpel, the guitar player, who, by the way, he's been Teddy's great guitar player. He's been with Joe Jackson for a long time.、Um, and、uh, so I owe Teddy Kumpel my career. Basically. Wow. <laughs> <It's amazing. laughs> It's the one thing that I love, Ram, is everybody that we meet, everybody we talk to.、Mm-hmm. It's the same scenario. They're very talented, and they got really lucky one time. There you go, and man. That's what it is. Is and that's what it, and that's what we try to tell. You have to be talented, but there there is no application process that says I want to be a rock star. Can I can I sign here and I'm good? It's you got to meet somebody. You got to. Yep. That's amazing. That's a great it's, it's, story. It's, yeah. It's, it's always been it's always been about right place, right place, you know, right time kind of thing, you know. Um, and it was funny as I remember now that I, I was just remembered when I after I got the call from Michelle to do the audition, the horn section was in New York at that time. Before I went out to LA, the horn section was in New York. In between the time they called me and Michelle said, "Oh yeah, the horn section is in New York recording." I forget who they were recording for. I don't remember what album because you know they the horn Tower Horns recorded with Huey Lewis, and、yep. John, and all sorts、wow. of people. So I met them. Actually, I met the I met Emilio and Doc and and and, and Greg. And、um, at the time, it was、uh, it was and Lee Thornburg was on trumpet at the time. And、uh, well, he goes by the name of Huge Groove now. Steve yep. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. And uh, so I met them in in a studio in Soho,、uh, just the horn section, and we chatted for a bit, and then. A few days later, you know, I went out to LA.、Um, but, but 
yeah, it's, it's, it's all about right place, you know, right place, right time. Uh, you know, these days, uh, I, I, run an, I run an open mic uh, a jam in, in the village every Monday. And it's amazing the, the cats that come in who are phenomenal players or singers. And, and I mean, they're, they're, they're mind-blowing cats that come in, some of them. Listen to them and you wonder why the heck don't you why aren't why don't you have a record out why, <laughs> why, why why aren't you on like somewhere why why aren't you on television somewhere whatever you know but it is it's it's right place wrong time you know right place right time so um Ren, we're up against our first break yeah so uh, if we would we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back that's right guys you're listening to the goof duck podcast right here on spotify we'll be right back This podcast has been brought to you by The Crooked Can Brewing Company in Winter Garden, Florida. Their hours of operations is from Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Friday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. Their number is 407-395-9520. If you would like to go to The Crooked Can Brewing Company, their address is 426 West Plant Street, Winter Garden, Florida. For more information head over to www.crookedcan.com for more information on the brewery and on their craft beer selections. Thanks for listening to the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. to the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. That tune you just heard is called Attitude Dance by the one and only Tower of Power. Guys, we have that former lead singer from that album, Mr. Tom Bose. Guys, I'm the host. My name is Remy, and always with me is the Joey Mazant. Welcome back, fam. Dude, Joey, man. I mean, did you not hear those horns, man? Those freaking T.O.P. horns? Dude, you, you ask me these questions like I don't know who the hell we're talking to. You're killing me, bro. You're making me look bad in front of our guest. I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm not, I'm not trying not to, man. I'm, I'm not trying to make it look bad, man. But, dude, but I'm just saying these horns, these, these damn I know, freaking like, horns. Like, hey, we're gonna interview Stan Lee today. So, Joey, did you know that he, uh, he's a comic book guy? Are you familiar with his work? Yeah, I know who he is. You dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you're but guys, uh, please. I, 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 an interesting thing about that song, really quick. Mm-hmm. That we also we there's a recording of that that we did with uh, a Latin artist by the name of Luis Miguel. Really? And, uh, yes, it's on his Aries album, and it's called Que Nivel de Mujer, and that's it's it's attitude dance in Spanish, basically. But I well, he was singing the lead, I was singing background and, and the horn section. So, so Holy crap! I would need to check that version out. Uh, so let's get let's get back to that. Uh, we'll talk more about that album, but 
I want to go to the other album, uh, the T.O.P. 93 album. Man, you you played with my other legend horn player. Uh, he, Joey, he is the band director for Saturday Night Live, Mr. Lenny Pickett, the the main the main tenor sax player. I met him over at a at a concert. Uh, my dad took me to. He was performing at UCF with the uh, UCF Knights band, and uh, my dad is good friends with uh, a great uh, uh, tenor player, uh, Jeff Rupert, who also he handles the music department over there. And the guest artist was Lenny Pickett. My dad goes, hey. Do you want to go see Lenny Pickett at UCF? I'm like, hell yes. I cannot miss that one freaking bit. But man, Tom, you play with Lenny Pickett. How cool is oh, that? Oh, hell yeah. Well, Lenny, yeah, sure. Lenny's a great guy, man. Very cool. Uh, I always, always dug Lenny's playing, and he's, he's, a, he's a fine gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Is you, I can only imagine the list of people that you jammed with. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I'd love to see the catalog. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I've been lucky to play with a lot of cool folks, uh, you know, before and after Tower, um, and during Tower. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, you know, uh, I've worked with a lot of cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in a band, in a band like, like Tower, it's, it's not like these new acts where you get one talented guy and some backing musicians. Wait, 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 come here. Everybody in your band is debatably the best sax player, debatably the best trumpet player, debatably the best, and that's huge. That's and huge. that's and that's and that's and that's basically that's you know really um, Emilio and, and Doc. You know when 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 uh, when a chair would become open and they're gonna you know they would bring in you know they want to bring somebody to fill in that chair and they always uh, really good at, at finding you know like the best cats and, and cats that they, they really dug and knew that would fit in with the band because a lot of times you know, some of the time it's not even about necessarily being the best player especially with Tower of Power mm -hmm. um, I had a friend of mine who uh, while we were we were playing in New York on a tour and um, Steve Grove was leaving the band at the time so we were, we were auditioning new sax players and so we used to play a place called the bottom line in new york city and um so we were there and what we would do is we would bring cats in during sound check and kind of have them play make it like a audition slash sound check thing so uh, a friend of mine uh, who lived in new york that i had known before tower of power i'd known for years phenomenal sax player heavy heavy jazz sax player absolutely great and we're up in sound check and and the door to the club opens and in walks my buddy and i was like man, i hadn't seen him in a couple of years a few years and i say oh my god it's amazing good to see you and i'm looking at him he's walking and saying man i'm so glad he's here and, <laughs> but you're, you're never gonna get this gig man <laughs> and I, so I, because he really was a phenomenal i mean this guy is probably one of the most talented sax players that, that i had ever worked with but he was like real heavy jazz guy, and and so what we would do is we would we play they play uh, squib cakes, and then and they let and they play in the session. The set, whoever was auditioning play with the horn section in the se in the section, and then they would take the horn solo. And so he went to take the horn solo, and he just went like left bebop jazz kind of thing, which is not 
it's I mean, it's phenomenally talented, but it, it's not the vein of the band. So it's not necessarily even about being the best player. It's about being able to kind of, you know, meld and, 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 and unify with that, with the band, you know, with the sound that Tower of Power has, because, you know, um, uh, it, you, you really got to kind of fit what the vibe is. So, yeah, every, they, Mimi and Doc have been real fortunate in finding cats that are both phenomenal players and and fit in and can, and can you know, create a, an ensemble with the rest of the section. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Uh, Jen, can you come, come here real quick? So, my wife, I got her, I actually got her hooked. I got her hooked on Tower of Power. All because, my wife! <laughs> all because of my, all because of my dad. And I, once I put that tune, once I put those, uh, yeah, once I put on Tower of Power, she goes, Who's this group? I'm like, this is Tower of Power. That's saying a the, lot because I, I know a lot of music. So, so here's my question: Did you ever, did you ever make your wife listen to the old records like Monster on a Leash or on uh, the TLP albums? Did she ever, did my, she like to, like it? My wife, my wife grew up in San Francisco and was a Tower of Power fan from their first day, basically. Well, she's too young to actually been for the first day, but her her, her brother, who's my age, mm -hmm. was. They grew up with Tower of Power. So she knew more about Tower of Power than I did. And, and, and I hadn't met her yet. When I got the gig with the band, I hadn't met her yet. We, we, we hadn't met yet. So, um, uh, but when I, we met, yeah, that was a thing. She was more of a Tower of Power fan than I was and knew more about the band than I did. And at that point, I'd been in the band for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, when, when I play these songs to her, she's like, Okay, they're they're not bad. They're they're okay, but I'm like, baby, this is soul. This is soul music. This is funk music. So my question is, what does soul mean to you? Wow, that that you know, it's a very simple yet complicated question. Um, you know, to me, soul like or soul music is is something that uh, well obviously comes from your soul but you know it's i mean as it just comes from like way deep inside mm -hmm. you know somewhere somewhere in that that mystical magical place that you know and it's not just about you know there are soulful singers or soulful musicians not necessarily just in the Tower of Power vein or the Stevie Wonder vein or, or you know, but, you know, there are soulful people. Sting is a very soulful singer. You know, it's it's not about the sound. Some people, I think, confuse soul music has become a, a certain style. You know, it's like kind of rhythm and blues and soul kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But there are, there are other just... With the, with the concept of soul itself, you know, there's other styles that can be very soulful. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I guess it's just, it's uh, it's something that it, when you're when you're singing it or when you're playing it, it you, you, you bring it from way deep inside, and when you're listening to it, it it kind of hits you right deep inside. Do you ever get Do you ever get uh? Like it, like goosebumps. Like when you hear your your own voice on back of those albums back in the day, and you're like, "Damn, I, oh, I, I, I still I still sound good." No, I never listen to me. I hate listening to me. 
<laughs> what? I, what? I get it. I get what you're saying. Every day, every day I upload a video to YouTube and I didn't proofread it, I didn't listen to it, I just recorded it and I said, this will do. I just trust I have to, I, I go in the studio and I have to, even now, I mean, I do a lot, I, I mean, well, before Tower and, and during Tower and <coughs> since Tower, I mean, I've recorded with a lot of other people outside of Tower. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of stuff. And so whenever I'm in the studio with somebody, with a producer, and they'll say, you know, I'll sing something and I'll sing a pass. And they'll say, so did you like it? And I said, you don't want to ask me that question because I'll have you in here for like three days because I will constantly say, oh, I could do that better. I could do that better. I could do that better. You tell me if you like it so I can stop. Because, you know, if it's up to me, I, I, I never like anything I do complete. I always pick something and say, oh, that was great, except that part. And I like it. Let's go back and do it again. I can do it better. So I'm not, I'm not a good judge of me. Um, so I let other people judge me. It's very, it's very masochistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what can you... Wait, I gotta ask, because now I'm just curious, because yeah. this, everything he said makes so much sense. When is your birthday? October. Okay, I was just like, what would be the odds we had the same birthday or something that'll be, like that? Like, that would be you know, crazy. Everything he says makes, he's speaking to my soul. Everything yeah. he said right there, man, I get you. It's, ah. So we are our own worst critic. That's very I, I true. Never, I, I'm never completely satisfied with everything, anything I do. So I have to, other people have to convince me that it's okay. So you know, what, <laughs> what, what was it like to, to perform on a Letterman? Uh, that's a funny story. Uh, okay, so you've obviously you've seen the clip. So, multiple times uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah so we go on so we go on letterman and, and of course it's done in the afternoon uh, like about 5 36 o'clock in the afternoon and so we, we get there and we we go and do, hanging out and waiting and waiting and we get uh i have my little ex on the stage and the horn section's on stage and, and um I get on stage, and I, re oh, well, let me put it this way. I remember being in the dressing room getting ready. I remember walking out to the stage. They say, get places, get ready. I walk out on stage, and that's the last thing I remember. I have no clue. I have no recollection. So the next day, people started calling me up and saying, man, you were great on Lemon. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, they, and, and if you notice, at the end of the clip, Mm -hmm. Dave walks out and shakes my hand and whispers something in my ear. And they said, yeah, what did Dave say to you when he walked out? What did Dave say to you? He shook your hand. He said something to you in your ear. I said, Dave shook my hand and said something in my ear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember any of that. I was a nervous wreck. So uh, I remember nothing of that actual performance. Only, only because the only reason I know about it is because I, I saw it. <laughs> That's amazing. You <laughs> told me about it. Man, That's amazing. Uh, My gosh. So now I've read your, I've read your bio every once in a while. Uh, just do, do some homework. I did a lot of homework on you last night. So can you tell? Can you tell? Well, dude, you're my, you're my childhood legend. You're the one who brings. He does talk about you all the time. Who? <laughs> See. <laughs> Like when he talks about his favorite bands, he's listing stuff that I'm like, 
oh yeah, I know that jam. Oh, that's my, I mean, literally every, his, his playlist is my drinking list. It's insane. <laughs> like the stuff he what what to can I say? It's what I listen to when I'm drinking. It's, well, it's, it's hilarious. But well, it's good music. It's just, see? It's, it's, that's when I need that kind of music. It's, it's like, what, it's like, what can I say? I, I, I have good taste in music. I mean, I'm gonna go, oh, I mean, I'm gonna go back to that. I'm gonna, I just wanna go back to that soul. Well, I yeah, uh, I wanna go back to that soul question uh, because to me, soul is about you know if you have it or you don't have it, you know, and that kind of concept. If you have soul, then you're man, you got chops. You know how to perform these uh, to perform this type of music with this with this band because. TLP has that crisp sound, and if you play one, if you play one tune, everybody goes, "Yep, that's soul music right there." And I'm not talking about you know like James Brown or uh, uh, who else can I think of? Uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Michael McDonald. That's a different sound. Yeah, I mean, yeah. TLP, that was the thing with Tower. Tower's sound was and is unique, I think, even within the realm of soul music. <clears throat> unique to them, you know. Um, it, it, right, it, it, it's not James Brown, and, it, and, and it's not you know uh, Michael or Stevie or any of those characters. It's Tower of Power, and I think that's one of the things that makes made and makes Tower of Power as cool as they are. Um, they have their own sound, even within the realm of soul music, because there are a lot of soul artists. Mm -hmm. But Tower of Power has always been very, you know, recognizable unto themselves. Um, nobody sounds like them. You know, you have um, you have other bands and other veins of music. You know, nobody sounds like Steely Dan. Nobody sings like Stevie Wonder. Um, you know what I mean? They, 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 in, yeah, in their I own know. realm of music, they are unique, a unique entity to themselves. And I think Tower is the same within within the realm of, of soul, the uh, they are, they are a unique entity. Right, and, and that's, I, that's, I think, one of their strong suits. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my dad, he, I asked him, uh, he's, he's, he's a professor over at, over at uh, Rollins College, and uh, he has a jazz ensemble, and I asked my dad, hey, do you have any, do you have any idea yeah. or any tunes you're gonna be doing, you know, this semester with the jazz ensemble? Yes, He's like, well, I got a couple of TLP tunes in my head that I want to do. I'm like, hmm, okay. But he did this one arrangement uh, where he combined uh, one T one TLP one uh, Tower of Power tune to another Tower of Power tune just with just with using the horns. And I'm like, shit, Dad, how can you do that? That is, like, unreal. You combine two TLP tunes just using the horns. And he's like, hey, I can do whatever I want. I'm like, yes, you can, but okay, Dad, good for you. Bravo, you know. Uh, so I, I, he, he even comes to me, and he goes, hey, which TLP tune do you think we can do? I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, how about Mr. Toe's Wild Ride? And then, boom. They did on that semester. They did Mr. Toe's Wild Ride because I gave him that, you know, advice or his, you know, an idea of what TLP yep, tune yep. will be good yep. for a jazz ensemble. So, I mean, I'll go back to the old records. I'm like, uh, Spankadang. I mean, that's a good tune for a jazz ensemble. Uh, what is Hip? Uh, soul, right. uh, soul Vaccination. I mean, that's another one. Oakland Stroke. I mean, those are the tunes that sure, could be, sure. those are the tunes that'd be good for, you know, uh, for a jazz ensemble, but the thing is, can my dad mimic 
Emilio's and Doc's arrangements. That's the thing. You know, mostly these. Well, that, I mean, you know, you, I, we, you know, even even with us, with uh, you know, um, uh, being in, uh, with the band Funk Philharmonic that I, that I'm with now. I mean, we still we, we we don't get a chance to play together as much as we used to because everybody in the band is out on tour with all sorts of people. Back at this point, science back in the day, one, we, we were playing together two, a lot. Three, and we five, did four. when they started out. They like I said, they basically started out as a Tower of Power tribute band. Sounds so good. we they they knew on, on, on pretty much every Tower of Power song, and um, and the horn section is a <clears throat> excuse me is a phenomenal horn section. Uh, now the guys the only thing is probably, um, uh, play with everybody from Diana Ross to Willie Colon to, I mean, all, all sorts really of guys there. The, 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 the and they're a phenomenal horn section, but one of the things that, you know, you, you want to get, you can't really, with Tower of Power, you can't really, I mean, you can try to mimic the playing well, styles, but even with with any with any instrument, she's in your voice, right mm-hmm. now, like, you can mimic somebody to a certain drive. extent, but obviously, physically, you're not going to have their physical makeup, so the is different than the playing or vocally, whatever. And then and then you're not going to have you know you don't necessarily have their their and I don't I think she's just going to do something their knowledge or you know or 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 or, or the, you know you i'm trying to i can't even think of a word wisdom their, their <laughs> creative yeah. side or wisdom yeah of course and and so so you know and plus the fact you don't necessarily want to mimic somebody exactly um it's good when you're starting out because it's a way to to learn <clears throat> coming up when i was a little kid um i was a big big stevie wonder fan oh yeah and, and and I used to um, I used to sit down I was downstairs in my house my dad had this giant cushion back in the 60s and 70s he had these gigantic stereo systems and this quadraphonic sound <laughs> and the pay was this like huge thing so I would go down with Stevie Wonder Records and I would I'm a little kid like 9, 8, 9, 10 years old and I'm, you, know, you sing when you're a little kid you sing along with the record and I would sing along with all these Stevie Wonder records, and and uh, but I was a weird little child, and so what I would do is I would get to a point in a particular Stevie Wonder song where he would sing a particular riff, and I would try to mimic that riff, and I would sing it, and I back the needle up, and I play it again, and I back the needle up, and I play it again, and I back the needle up, and I play it again, and once and at one one time I was doing that. And the door opened to the downstairs, and my mother yelled down the stairs, play the whole damn song. (laughs) All she heard for like 40 minutes was the same eight bars over and over and over again. So I would try to mimic. So in the beginning, coming up, I was trying to mimic the people that I listened to, Stevie Wonder. I was also a big Yes fan, so I I was trying to mimic John Anderson. And so as when you're coming up, it's nice to mimic because since I never studied music and I never took voice lessons, and, you know, it was a way for me to learn how to get a sound. And then gradually, what you, you, know, you do, you create your own sound out of that. So now, you know, I mean, I, I, I could do any of that stuff that I did when I was a kid back in the 80s. Uh, they, when they were doing commercials and jingles in the 80s, sound alike. Sound alike were really big for a while. 
because they didn't have to pay the real artist so much money, so they would right. find artists, singers who would sound like. So I was doing Stevie Wonder sounded like jingles. I was doing Billy Joel sounded like stuff. I was doing, you know, because I could imitate those cats. Mm-hmm. Was it was it was it spot on? Pretty close, but 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 you know, so I can do that stuff. But when it's just when it's me, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to sound like me. But I can't. I can't help but say that. Yeah, I've got those influences because that's what I listened to and that's what I used to train myself to sing over the years. So those influences are there. That's amazing. But that's it, it's who shaped you, and then mm-hmm. I just think it's so cool that when you think realize that you're you're shaping. I mean, my gosh, like if you would hear the way like Remy and some of our friends play jazz and how they sing. That's from you, and then it's fun to see who shaped you, and then it shaped it. I love it. It's the it's. It's such a cool thing. The parents don't oh. listen much either. What do you got, Ren? So, guys, uh, this is a great time t- to go to our commercial break. You guys are oh, listening. You guys are listening to the Goof Duck podcast right here on Spotify with myself, Remy, uh, the Dremazant, and our very special guest, Tom Bose from Tower of Power. So, so stick around. So, stick around. We'll be right back right after this. Guys, you are listening to the Goof Duck podcast right here on Spotify. That tune you just heard is a little clip from It All Comes Back from the T.O.P. 93 album. Uh, you guys can check out all the Tower of Power albums right there on Spotify. As well, you can hear the Goof Duck podcast. So I'm the host. My name is Remy, and always oh with me God. is the Joy Mazant. Hey, hey, what's up, fam? And guys, we like to welcome back the singer from that album is Mr. Tom Bose. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna say something. You had some wicked hair back then, man. I mean, you had the. I did. I did. I did. I did. Pictures are awesome, dude. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, and 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 it and it all went away on 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 a whim on my 40th birthday. Oh no! Really? Yeah, I had. Um, I I was. Uh, you know, Thank I had you. the long hair. 
and and I went to get I went to get just a trim. I said I gotta just trim my hair, you know, because you don't want to split ends or anything. So I had to, you know, and I and I walked into this hair salon in New Jersey, and I they started trimming. I said, you know what? I haven't had short hair in a long time. The gray, if you dye it, the gray will cut it off. So they cut it. She cuts. You sure? She says, you sure? I said, yeah. So she cuts my hair, and it was just normal length, you know, hair. Probably maybe about about the same length as yours, Remy. Yeah. And and so then I'm looking in the mirror, and I said, you know what? I mean, I've had I've cut at that point, you know, I colored my hair, I had I had spiked it during the punk phase, I had all kinds of stuff. I said the only thing I've never done is I've never shaved my head. Why don't you shave it all off? And she she looked at me. She said, Are you sure? I said, Yeah, shave it off. So. Just on a whim, I had them shave my head. That's and, awesome. And and I and I and, it's, and I'm twenty twenty two years later, I'm still shaved head. So I I my daughter has never seen me with hair. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I I my 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 daughter only knows me bald, and my son he got a chance just because when he was a little kid, you know, he he saw it, but. Uh, Yeah, um, the, the the biggest mistake with that was since it was on a whim and I didn't think I didn't know I would plan on doing it when I walked out the door. <clears throat> I never told my wife that I was going to do it. So I walked out of the house with hair Here's down here, do. and I walked <laughs> back in the house you. with this. And um, yeah, after they when, when they took the wire out of my jaw three or four weeks later, I could apologize to her. After she <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Here's my thing, man. I mean, you guys had you guys had such a wardrobe on stage. Whether it's on whether uh, whether it's on when you guys do, when you guys do your tour in Europe, uh, uh, around the around Asia, uh, and including the U.S. You had sure. during during the J during the JVC festival, you were wearing like some bag. You wearing a, like a baggy pants, this leather jacket. Like this, I can't. I describe. I can't describe a jacket, but I'm like, man, the eighty. The the, I had all kinds of clothes then, man. I, I, there was this one shop in in downtown LA that I always used to go to to get, you know, gig clothes when the you know the tour would come up, and I'm like, okay. Well, my wife would say, you know, all right, it's time to go shopping. Okay, we have to go find clothes. You know, so yeah, there was there was that. There was there was the the the, the judges' uh, cloak. I had this long kind of. I looked like. A judge, you know, uh, a British judge, uh, and there was the yellow suit, of course, that everybody talks about. The oh yeah, suit. I had the, the yellow suit with the, with the leopard. You have to have the yellow suit. You have to have that with leopard skin boots. So that was very important. But that's you know that's. <laughs> wait wait hold, hold wait hold, hold on leopard leopard skin boots. Are we talking early nineties, you said? Oh yeah. Oh nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense then. Uh, I'm gonna if get. If you look, if you look, there's, there's YouTube video uh, 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 um, of. Uh, I think we were actually well doing a few of the songs, but I, there's a, some, a lot of video with me in the left in, in the yellow suit, and usually with in the yellow suit. If you happen to see the video, there it shows my feet. Yeah, I have these like leopard skin boots on. Oh my gosh! <laughs> they were I mean, to, all, to all the, to all the people, oh. anybody listening who's in PETA and all that. It was, it was faux leopard. I it was faux. It, it was a fake. Yeah. It was the fake leopard. Trust me, I know. That's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna kill a leopard to make some shoes. I know, right? So, back to the Monster on the Leash album. Uh, 
where was it recorded and how long did it take you guys to finish the entire album? If, if I remember correctly, this, like I said, you're going back 30 odd years. So if I remember correctly, uh, it was recorded at a studio called Skip Sailor in Los Angeles. And, um, and the engineer on that was a, a gentleman by the name of Al Schmidt, who uh, he is a Grammy award winning just ridiculous engineer and uh and, and emilio produced those albums so between al and emilio and um and uh yeah and, yeah we were we were at skip sailor like uh, for that one uh, and, and we would we would uh they had uh, in the studio setup was they had the big room a lot the rhythm section of that stuff was all recorded uh live all at once because they they have the big room had drums and then they had these smaller all every with the booths along the side uh, and all with glass so you could see each other so Rocco and Russ and Nick Milo all played together and recorded the the rhythm tracks mm-hmm. so they could because you, know, you could watch each other through you know it's everybody's all soundproofed and everything but you could see each other and um, and then the horns would come in and do the horn stuff and then uh, and then I came and we did backup vocals. I I, 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 I don't remember it. the exact order of, of things other than I know we recorded the rhythm section right. first. Um, you know uh, but, but I remember that studio it was a really cool studio. Wow that's that is unreal. Now Joey I'm gonna give a little history about Tower of Power real quick because this is something that you know it's a good band but Tower of Power is was formed back in Oakland California so there's a tune called really? there's a tune called Oakland Stroke, and that's like the back the backbeat sound from T.O.P. and they're from they're from nice. Oakland Oakland California. That's how Emilio and uh, Doc uh, met. They met outside. Now, was, was it was it outside of Oakland? Question, here's what I'm thinking with Oakland being. I mean, how long are we talking? Tower of Power's been around. Like when did the band officially form? Well, they were formed in 1968. See, and that's what I'm getting at. Is, it's interesting because when I think of Oakland, California, they they have a resurgence of music every decade. There, it's like, oh, did you see what came out of Oakland in the '80s? Did you see what came out of Oakland in the '70s? So that's really interesting to think that that was the sound of the time, but also of the area. So yeah. how cool is that? It's, I mean, it's if, so you're getting a history lesson. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah, so we, were, we were out. I was out in. Uh, I was out in Oakland for the 50th anniversary. In oh, uh, cool! And uh, so it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was a fun time. So, here's my here's my question. So, what was it like to perform alongside the Doobie Brothers and Michael McDonald? Ah, well, you know, um, that was cool. I was a big Doobie fan. Um, and in fact, actually, uh, Cornelius Bumpus, who was a uh, sax player in the Doobies, I had known Cornelius for years before Tower of Power. I used to play weddings with Cornelius. And so, um, and I knew a couple of the other guys in the Doobies. Um, so it was, it was really cool. I mean, any, anytime we got to perform alongside cats like that, you know, for me, because it was it was bands that you know yeah I had already been listening to so 
It's like, oh wow, I know this stuff, you know. And, and, and Michael is a great, and Michael McDonald, he's another cat that nobody sounds like Michael McDonald. Right? Everybody, everybody does great half-ass imitations. Yeah. Him, nobody sounds like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Michael's a great cat. Uh, I I worked with him a few times, and uh, he, he's. Uh, yeah, in fact, it's funny. We were in, we were in rehearsal in L.A. And uh, so the Doobies were were rehearsing in the studio down the hall from us, and uh, their percussion player. Uh, they had a percussion player, and I can't remember his name. He unfortunately was he passed away he had cancer, and at the time he was very ill, and they were they needed uh, money for treatment and everything, so they were putting together like a benefit show to have you know help his wife and kids and get him you know treatment. So they were down the hall rehearsing for that. So I walked down to say hi to Cornelius, who I knew. And I walked in the studio, I said hi to Cornelius. And that was actually the first time I met the rest of the guys. Uh, well, the first time I met Michael. And so uh, he introduced me to Michael McDonald and, and, and the, rest of the, so the rest of the band and we're chatting and everything. And so later on in the day, my wife comes in to pick me up. And my son, I think it was two or three years old at the time. She had him with her. So I have somewhere I have a photo of uh, I introduced her to Michael McDonald. I, I said, "You want to go in and see the Doobies are in there? You want to go in and see him?" My wife said, "Can we go in there?" I said, "Yeah, I was just in there. We'll go see." Said, Come on, I'll introduce you to Michael McDonald. You know, like he's my new friend. Now. So, <laughs> so I walk in. I introduce my wife. I said, "So somewhere there's a picture of my son on Michael McDonald's lap at three years old and the organ and the keyboard." And uh, yeah, it was very cool. So. Fast forward a few months later, we're rehearsing, and Michael is in the studio rehearsing a solo, his solo thing. And of course, I met him one time at that point, and and I and I kind of peeked in the studio to say hi. Oh no, he came out. He came out, and I walked up to him and I said hi. I said, you know, I was about to say I don't know if you remember me because I mean, months before one time. Oh. Tom, how you doing? I, uh, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Oh, how's 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 Leslie? How's how's your wife? How's Leslie? And and your son uh, Kyle was it? He remembered my wife and my son's names after meeting him times. So I said, well, this guy's like the coolest dude. He's the coolest dude. Uh, That's amazing. Know, and ever since then, I've been, you know, he's been, yeah, he's been, a, he's a great guy. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, all these. I mean, all these musicians. Love hearing that, man. All these musicians that we have met in the past. I mean. The people who I've met, they still remember me because of my dad. Like I met Pat Metheny, I met Bella Fleck, I met Victor, I met uh, Lenny. I mean, all these cats, they all know my dad. And I'm like, sure. oh, and and uh, Charlie Char Descent from uh, Hall of Notes. I actually know the the, sax oh, yeah. the saxophone player from uh, Hall of Notes because he's a local he's a local four sax player. So that seen I've seen done gigs and stuff. There's a lot of good cats coming out of oh, Florida, yeah. man. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of cool cats coming out of Florida. I know a lot of cool guys down there, man. That's awesome. Uh, so I got one. So I got, when are you going to come to Florida and have a beer with us? Yes. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm down there from time to time. Uh, you know, I, I, I do gigs down there. So, uh, you know, hopefully one of these times I'll, uh, I mean, I used to, when I, I was with, uh, when I, we were down a couple of times a year with, when I was with Blood, Sweat, and Tears. So, I mean, we're, you know. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, every you open Bye, your mouth and my mind gets blown. Every time you open <laughs> you your not, mouth, you did not, you did not know that. Uh -huh. I, I was, I was, I was with blood, sweat, and tears for a while. Yeah, that's amazing. Ooh. Yeah, back. In, uh, I think I, I like 2000. 
12 and um, uh, oh shoot uh, uh, 2012 I did some I was I've did like a couple few tours with them yeah it was and that and that was interesting because that, that's a band as a kid I was my daughter just came in hi oh oh that's okay <laughs> Come say hi. Come say hi. We're on. We're on the podcast now. This is my daughter Kira. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh my god. That's Remy on the left, and that's Joey on the right. Oh wow, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> come back over here. Come, come back. Get back over here. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Oh, that's so, so, so speaking about so speaking I'm about just, kids. So speaking about yeah, kids, awesome. you. You have a son and a daughter. Now, do you yes. ever did you ever take your kids to uh, either recording sessions or uh, to concerts? Oh yeah. When you when oh, you when, oh, you, yeah. when oh, you were yeah, with yeah. Uh, T.O.P. I used to. Well, 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 Kira wasn't born when I. By the time Kira was born, I was already out of the band because uh, I left Tower in '95. Right. And she was born two years later. So, but my son, uh, we used to take him on tour, uh, and he and he, you know, of course he was a little kid. Uh, but he'd been in this, you know, he's been in the studio. Um, my, my, both of my kids are musically inclined. My daughter uh, is more uh, involved in, in music now. My, my son owns a company out in San Francisco at this point, and he just kind of sings for fun. But my daughter's, she studied theater, and she's, you know, so she's been in the studio a few times with me. I've taken her on sessions, a uh, couple of sessions, you know, these days. She, I've had, I have her, and she's actually, uh, I had her work, uh, do a session, uh, work on a session with me. Um, a friend of mine was producing some stuff, and they needed some extra voices, so we brought her in. So she's been in the studio before. So. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean that, yeah. I mean that feeling, just be, you know, in a, in a recording session, you can see how it's all made, how it's all done. Uh, I went to this one local uh, studio with my dad, and this guy, he actually showed me how to use. Well, they call it in the in the music industry the motherboard, which is all of the uh, all of the uh, the lights, the uh, the the, the, the uh, um, I can't think of the equalizer. Dude, yeah. Dude, if you see the one at the Hard Rock, it's a 99 channel mixer. Oh yeah, I know it's crazy. I saw that. I was like, okay. Uh, so here is my uh, my last my last and final question, guys. This has been a blast. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today on this. Thanks for having me. Dude, I this was fun. fun. This was cool. This was fun. <laughs> oh, you don't let me. I haven't been cool then, and I'm definitely not cool now. But I And well, and man, whenever whenever you're in town, please give give me a ring or give Joy a ring, and we'll be we'll be happy to you know take out for a beer, we'll man. We'll take him on a tour of the brewery. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah! Uh, absolutely. And who and who knows? We may we may do some some car some carpool karaoke. Who knows? We, we might do that. Uh, but here's my but here's my uh, here's my question. I mean, you've been you've been in that group Tower of Power for so many years. What are your what are your top five Tower of Power uh, Tower of Power tunes to perform? Or or what or or what are your, or what are your favorite your favorite TLP tunes? I like that. Um. Well, boy, I I well I I I, I love the songs. They're very hard to go. Oh. Um, that was actually that was the first. Like I said, that was the first Tower of Power song that I had ever heard because mm-hmm. back on the Northeast uh, they weren't as big as they were on the West Coast at that point. This is back in the you know late sixties. Um. 
and so uh, early 70s actually by the time that song came out so so very hard to go it's probably one of my favorites um, I I like uh, uh, out of the stuff that I did um, I like I, I, I really dig I like your style that's a fun song for me to sing uh, please come back to stay uh, I dig that um, trying to think off of off of monster on a leash i have to see i have to i even i can't remember what, what, <laughs> album at this point. it's kind of it's kind of nutty man without looking um what else what else what else what else knowledge is a fun tune to sing yes <laughs> and actually 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 here's a here's the thing um when i first joined uh funk philharmonic before tower um we were playing, we were already playing Believe It before Believe It was even released. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know how they got a hold of some live recording of it because Tower was, they, they had, we hadn't done the record yet. And they were, they were, we would do some of these tunes even before we'd actually do the record. We might play them in a couple of gigs live, you know. So I was singing Believe It before I sang it with Tower and before they released it on the record, before we released it on the record, we had already done it. So that and that always that was always a fun tune to sing. Awesome. I mean, and dude, I mean, I can go like if somebody asked me if somebody asked me that same question, I'll go. Well, what do you want to know about T.O.P.? Okay, here are my top five. I, I it's a little for me, it's a, a little knowledge because I can sing that song right. constantly over and over my head and trying to hit those those notes, man. But I'm like, okay, I can I can hit them, but I can't really hit them. Uh, uh, how could how could this happen? How could this happen? Uh, I like soul with a capital S, yeah. and uh, there's my other one was attitude dance, and my and my last one. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a question, man. Can you tell me what is the internal question? Ah, uh, well, these days I'll tell you what I I'll tell you what it's been all these years. It is what is hip. What is hip is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but these days, when you reach my age, it's more like, watch my hip. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, guys, this has been one hell of a podcast. Uh, so we're going to leave you out with this song right here. And that's right, guys. Pleasure's all mine, Joey. Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> guys, well, you, guys then, um, yeah. when you get back, to, when you get to Orlando and you get around the neck of the woods, please, like, I'll, I'll, we, I'll de- yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely let you know. I, like I said, I've, I've, I've done gigs down in, uh, I've been, done, been down in Orlando a few times. I usually, I mean, usually I'm down there a couple, two, three times a year. So oh, nice. I'll let you know. I'll let you know the next time I'm coming down, and and uh, I mean, a lot of times, uh, most of the stuff I've done now, I do like 
big corporate stuff down there. But right. uh, I mean, I, I, I've worked with a couple of cats uh, that I know in, in some like some public local gigs, which is you know, which is cool. Right. So I'll let you know. Uh, absolutely. Thank you so much. If I'm in the area, I'll give you guys a shot. Like, awesome. You know, yeah. And we, can, we can we can hook up and hang out. Absolutely. Awesome, guys. Right. Guys, on the behalf on the behalf of myself, my name is Remy, and always with me is the Joy Mazant. It's been lit, fam. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Goof Duck podcast, and thank you so much, Mr. Tom Bose. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> guys, you have been listening to the Goof Duck podcast right here on Spotify. You guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Take care and have a great day. That's right, guys. This is the bonus ending for the Goof Duck podcast right here on Spotify. Uh, With us is Mr. Tom Bose from Tower of Power, Monster Unleashed, and the TLP 93 album, which is one of my favorite albums uh, because it has Lenny Pickett on it uh, and uh, some of the other cats from the Monster Unleashed album. But uh, here is my question, man. Who who influenced you to to become a musician? What... What are your who are your top musicians that influenced you to become you know the great singer that you are uh, this day? Well, uh, the, the first I, Stevie Wonder um, was was the first first singer that I really was into and who I basically kind of you know built my uh, my voice around at the time. Uh, but I was also a big fan of. I, my my musical taste was very wide even as a young kid. So mm-hmm. I was listening to Stevie Wonder. I was listening to Yes. I was listening to Steely Dan. I was when they came out. I was listening to a lot of different. So, but singing wise, Stevie Wonder was always one of my favorite singers. John Anderson from Yes was one of my favorite singers. And uh, and then uh, and then I really dug like a lot of jazz stuff because my dad was a musician. So I. I I, I dug like Sinatra and Tony Bennett and all that, you know, all those cats. Um, so yeah, it was. I had a lot of influences, uh, and because I learned, uh, because I was, you know, self-taught, quote self-taught. Right, right, right. Um, I learned by listening, so I listened to everything. I would go through my dad's record collection and listen to every singer that I could. Um, Minnie Ripperton, I was a big Minnie Ripperton fan, and I used to try to hit that note at the end of Loving You is Easy Because You're Beautiful. And um, uh, Shaka Khan, I listened to a lot of female singers at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, And and, and, uh, when my voice started to change, puberty hit, my voice started to change, I kind of would... I would listen. I would sing chick tunes like Shaka Khan to try to keep it because I didn't want it to change. I didn't want to become a baritone or a, or a bass, so I wanted to stay tenor. So I would stretch and try to work my voice up so that I could, you know, not have to, you know, so I could still sing all the high stuff. Right. So for me, I I cannot read music for shit. Like I cannot read it at all. My dad. But here's the thing. I have I have a great ear. Now I'm not I'm not pitch perfect or anything, but 
when it comes to, okay, let's say for example, uh, a little knowledge, right? That note that you're hitting, I'm like, okay, boom, that note right there, I got it. And then I can just go ahead and just sing, sing the tune over. And then if I mess up, rewind it, go back to it again, and just listen to it for a little bit. Uh, if I'm playing on my sax, I'll do uh, I'll, I'll do Sir Duke or I Wish. Right. Play, play that first, and then if I can't figure it out, then my dad will say, "Here, let me write. Let me go ahead and write it out for you. Although you can't read music, I'm just gonna write down every single note, and you just figure it out from there on how it goes, what's the tempo, right, if, right. if you need to change if you need to change keys or anything." But for me, it's all by ears first, and that's that's it, you know. Well, that's you know an interesting thing. Um, most, a lot of people have come up to me and and they'll say, you know, oh, I love your singing, or uh, you know, your your voice. Oh, what a gift! Your voice. You have such a gift. Your voice is your gift. And I will say to them, no, my voice is not my gift. It's not. That's not my gift at all. My gift is my ear. If I couldn't hear it, I wouldn't be able to sing it. So. Because my ears were so good, and even as a kid, you know, with uh, especially with like Crosby, Stills and Nash, or or Yes, or any of those bands that did a lot of harmonies, I was always able to pick out every harmony part in the song, no matter how many there were. And because of that, and and my ear has been the thing that has helped me through the years. Um, so, if anything, if 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 if, if you have anything. If I have anything that's my gift, it would be my ear, because without that, I wouldn't have that. Right. You know, I wouldn't have the voice. Wouldn't have the voice without the ear. So, you know, I mean, hearing it comes first, especially when you're learning the stuff. Oh yeah. It comes first. You got to hear it to, in order to learn it. Like any like any concert that I've played in during my early years, when I was in middle school and then going to high school, high school was a little rough for me because I stopped playing. Uh, I stopped doing band and uh, during my sophomore year of high school, I, I kind of just stopped. But I had buddies come up to me and they go, "Hey, I'm having a jam session. Do you want to come out and play for a little bit?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'll come out and play. What ones are we doing?" They're like, "Well, I got an arrangement for Tower of Power." I'm like, "No, you don't. Let me see it." So the first tune he pops up, he shows me is "What Is Hip," and I'm like, "Okay, I know that song, but I can't do your arrangement." So he's like, "Here, we'll just..." Just, just figure it out. I'm like, oh, okay. So all of a sudden, boom. He's like, holy shit, you're good. I'm like, I, I'm not that good. I'm just by, it's by ear. That's the thing. Well, well I'll tell you an, an interesting story because when, when back when I first moved to New York, I moved to New York in 1982, and um, and I got into the jingle industry. I got into mm -hmm. commercials. And back in those days, back back in the 80s, you were a studio musician doing jingles. Everybody read music. Even the singers read music. Yeah. So I I got a call for my very first jingle. It was a Chevy. It was a Chevy jingle, national jingle, and I was singing background with like five other singers. And it was out in the studio in New Jersey. The studio was called Broccoli Rob, and it was owned by uh, oh gosh, I'm gonna forget the guy's name now. He was he was with Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. He was one of the Four Seasons. Oh uh, wow. Anyway, anyway, so I get the call through a friend of mine. I got the gig, and I walk out. And I walk into the studio, and there's five other singers in this in the studio with me, and there's five and there's six music stands, and the and 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 they start setting up music on the music stands, and I'm looking, and I see they put this music in front of me, and I'm 
thinking to myself, this is my very first gig. I ever did jingle the gig, and I'm looking at this thing. And I said, I can't, obviously, I can't read this. So I have no idea what's on here. It's, you know, so for a few seconds, I wondered what I was going to do. So I had to confess to the guy. I went to the producer, and I said, listen, I have to confess. I may lose a gig for it, but I don't read a note of music. So I have no idea what's going. I'm sorry. I just I didn't realize. Nobody told me. And I said, but if you can play my part on the piano just one time, I can get it because I can memorize really fast. I, yeah. I can hear things once and sing it. So he went through it. He played the whole jingle, my vocal part on the piano one time. I sang it right back to him, and then I did the jingle. And after that, they started calling me. So I would go in for these vocal sessions with a bunch of other singers. And then, then it'd be on all of the music stands, but they left mine. They left mine blank. Wow! <laughs> so I was like, the only guy was like, okay, yeah, no music for him. He doesn't read. We just have to play it. So, so yeah. So what was it like? What was it like with t t uh, Tower of Power then? I mean, since you couldn't read lick of music, what, oh what, well, what? there was no need. There was no need for it. Uh, I just had to hear. You know, they play me the melody, or what? You know, or Mimi would sing if he one of the tunes that he wrote. He'd sing. The melody、mm -hmm. or whatever for me, and then I just sing it back, and I had the lyrics. So there was no real need for me to read any music at that point. So let's say, for example,、uh, when you did、uh, "Keep Your Monster on a Leash," I mean that's like one of the top TP. Well, I didn't sing that. You did、I、not sing that.、One. You did not sing that. Oh, so you were? Oh, that's right. That was all.、Uh, that was Mimi, right? That was Lee Thornburg. That was no. That was Lee Thornburg. Really? That was Lee Thornburg. That's Lee. That's Holy Lee. crap! I meant I thought it was you for a second. No, 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 no. That's Lee. Holy crap! I'm singing I, background on that. Oh, you're only singing. Wow. In fact, in fact, there's a video I believe on YouTube of、mm -hmm. Tower of Power at the Pori Jazz Festival in Finland. And they, we played that song, and Lee is on stage. Lee's doing it, and he does a great job of it. Lee, Lee Thornburg, phenomenal trumpet player, obviously. Oh yeah. But a great singer, man. Lee, man, he could, he could sing his butt off. Yeah, he can. I'm、great. like, yeah, yeah. okay, Jodra. But when my dad, when my dad,、uh, I don't want to brag too much because you know it's, he's my dad is the reason why he got me hooked on Tower of Power for a reason. And when he first played me that song,、uh, a little nudge, I'm like, okay, I, I enjoy it. So you're an influence. My dad is a huge influence on me with my music.、Uh, but but yeah, man,、uh, I, I, I'm so speechless. I don't know what else I can say to you, man. I mean, you, you've made my you've made my childhood, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Listen, I, I you know I do.、Uh, I always now these days I I do master classes from time to time. I've done some stuff out on Long Island at Five Towns College out there at、uh, University of Toronto and Mohawk University up in Canada. Oh wow! And I go to music departments and colleges and do、uh, master classes、uh, out there. And it's always great to see guys, you know, young kids、uh, coming up. And and being able to kind of you know get them going and and if I can answer any questions or give them any tips, I mean nine times out of ten, you know if I'm doing a master class at a college, the students know more than I do really、right. about music. You know, I mean you know, so they're they're just basically asking me about you know what what I do or 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 how you know how to get into the business or whatever you know it ends up being that kind of thing. But I, I always I always like you know. I always like doing stuff like that, and, and there's a lot of really cool young cats that are coming up. 
like I said, I, I do this jam every week um, in New York at, at a place called the Bitter End, which is a very historic New York club. You should look that up. It's yeah. And uh, we have a lot of kids coming from the New York, uh, uh, the, the Manhattan School of Music and and Five Towns, all these young kids coming in from college and they come to sit in and jam with the band. And some phenomenal college kids are coming through there, talented, talented, talented kids. So anytime, anytime I can, you know, help out or, or get somebody motivated or answer questions mm -hmm. or whatever, I'm always, always happy to pass on. I mean, that's the main thing. That's the thing. So many cats like me, we've, we've been in the business a long time, you know, it's great, but it's also great to pass that knowledge on to those that are coming up. Right. Because that, that's how I got, I got, I, I learned from older cats. You know, I, we all, I learned from all the older cats. You know, my dad um, and musicians, the older musicians that I met in New York when I first moved to New York, you know, you learn from all the older guys and, and, and that's the key, you know, to just to pass it on and pass it on. So right. I'm always, always happy to do that. Uh, so with your with your group, the the Monday, the Monday set, the Monday uh, section that you're doing uh, every week. Here's my question: Are you guys going to do anything, you know, so everybody can everybody can see like online uh, to to see you guys perform like they, during during the, every, during the pandemic? Every, every, yeah, they they live stream it um, on the Bitter End website. Okay. Uh, they live stream it every Monday night. It starts at 11:30 at night, and it's actually hosted by Richie Canada. Uh, Richie Canada uh, was Billy Joel's original sax player, yeah. all sax solos and all that. So uh, Rico and I host that. And uh, the band is, the house band is phenomenal. The guys in the band are ridiculous. And, um, and we get, we get a lot of, like I said, we get a lot of young kids come in, but then we get a lot of, a lot of cats who are on tour coming through town. I mean, we've had the, the Jonas Brothers came in. Well, uh, Mick, uh, Nick Jonas came in. Nice. We've had, we've had all kinds of cats. You never know who's ever in town. Uh, we get, we've had uh, Julio Fernandez from Spira Gyra. We've had, uh, you know, all these cats come through to, to sit in and it's a, it's a great hang. It's a really yeah. great hang. Uh, so man, but they live stream it every, every 1130 at night, 1130, uh, Monday nights. Okay. Um, on the, on the bitter end website, they stream it. Awesome. Can we, I can have to check it out next week. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, guys you guys you've been listening to the goof duck podcast right here on spotify you guys enjoy the rest of your thursday and uh once again mr tom bose thanks remy thank you i appreciate it my pleasure you guys have been listening to the goof duck podcast right here on spotify take care